parents, when you visit California, childhood rules. If you don't remember how awesome childhood is, just ask yourself. What would kids do? Dance to a giant organ played by ocean waves? Yep. Camp in floating tree houses hundreds of feet off the ground? Check. Jump in a big tub of mud on purpose? Call it rejuvenation. We don't care. Just pack your fun pants and let childhood rule your family vacation. If you need help, ask your kids. Start planning at visitcalifornia.com. Doors take us to summers away. Or winter adventures. And afternoon getaways. Your dedicated Fidelity Advisor can help you open those doors by working with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Because doors were meant to be opened. Visit fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimum supply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Welcome to the Betting Above the Brim podcast, episode 30. Today's date, February 19th. And today's podcast, we get into four topics. First, breaking news as reported all over the NBA today. Jock Vaughn being fired from the Brooklyn Nets. We'll talk about Jock being fired, the new hire of Kevin Ali, and where does that stand the Brooklyn Nets as an organization. Next, we got to talk about the ladies today. What a fantastic performance by Caitlin Clark, breaking Kelsey Plum's all-time Division One scoring record. We'll talk about the impact of Caitlin Clark and what do we think about the Iowa Hawkeyes leading up to the NCAA tournament. Next, we stay with women's college basketball with Paige Becker, someone else talked about a lot coming into her college career, suffered through some injuries, and surprising to some, announced on senior night that she's going to come back for her final year of eligibility. We'll talk about Paige Becker's, her impact on UConn, and what do we expect of UConn going forward. And lastly, we'll give you my bench and starting five for a team that's atop the Western Conference standings, and that will be the Minnesota Timberwolves. Welcome to episode 30, and let's get started. Earlier today, first reported by Woods, obviously followed closely by Shams, Jock Vaughn was fired as head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. Jock Vaughn, who had been there for a couple of years, it took over for Steve Nash after Steve Nash was fired midseason several years back, and was given the opportunity to be the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. And when you look at a person like uh, Jacques Vaughn, this is someone who was a disciple of Greg Popovich, someone that uh, has um, really tried to instill his beliefs of Pop inside the organization. And remember, only two plus years, folks, he only got. Jacques Vaughn was 71 and 68 in the regular season, but 0 and 8 in the playoffs. you know, so this is something that's a little bit interesting that a head coach who had KD and Kyrie, they get traded, then he gets the new guys and is only not even given a full season of this young core. And when you look at Brooklyn, you got to start looking first at the GM, right? Sean Marks. Sean Marks, who wasn't even hired by Joe Sidey, the owner. He was actually hired by Mikhail Prokhorov, if I'm not mistaken, in 2016. This guy survived two owners, and he survived multiple coaches. Remember, folks, before uh, Steve Nash, 
there was Kenny Atkinson, who had done a fantastic job with the culture of the Brooklyn Nets. It was unceremoniously fired after they signed Kevin Durant, who had to sit out that year for an injury, and they overachieved that year, and he built the culture with a young Karis LeVert, with a Jared Allen, with a Spencer Dimwitty, and they fired him to bring in Steve Nash when they brought in Kyrie Irving, and it's all been downhill. And I really think that before we get into all this, we got to start looking at Sean Marks. So if you were to look at the big threes that the Brooklyn Nets have had, right, we could start with the young big three, and then they started making the moves. They signed Kevin Durant. They go ahead and they signed Kyrie Irving, and then they swing a trade with the Houston Rockets to bring in James Harden. And that big three there, that big three, which cost Steve Nash's job, netted you one playoff series win. And if you look at the big three now of the Brooklyn Nets, Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, Cam Thomas, folks, we're not even talking about Ben Simmons being a part of the big three, someone that the Nets have now pinned their hopes on, someone that, let's be honest, folks, I don't even have a graphic up for, for Ben Simmons because he doesn't play enough. So let's so let's take a look now that what Kevin Ollie has to work with. Kevin Ollie was just named in the last hour or so before starting his podcast that he is being promoted as interim head coach. Kevin Ollie, that was with Overtime Elite uh, for several years. Um, so dealing with, with the young players, probably brought in as someone who, uh, you know, that is struggling offensive defensively, a coach that coached at UConn has college connections. So this is about development, right? Bringing a guy in that can develop the culture and develop the young players. So let's start taking a look at those young players and start off with Mikel Bridges. Mikel Bridges, who was the cornerstone of the trade by the Nets in regards to when he traded for Kevin Durant. A Mikel Bridges that is scoring you 22 points per game and is one of the best 3 and D guys in the NBA. How about the other guy that was the center part of the trade for Kevin Durant? And that's Cam Johnson, another 3 and D guy. Guys that, let's be honest, folks, have not had, I would say the seasons that Brooklyn was I guess was hoping for that you got to go to maybe the surprise of the year. And that's Cam Thomas who got off to a a torrid start early on in the year, still giving you 21.2 points per game, but folks only 2.6 assists and and Cam Thomas is shooting 36.4% from three. How about a Dorian Finney Smith, the veteran, a Dorian Finney-Smith that is giving you 8.7 points per game, 4.6 rebounds. Someone that was rumored to be on the trading block, and for some reason, some reason, Sean Marks kept a Dorian Finney-Smith when he could have went to a contender and probably netted at least some kind of return, maybe even a first-round pick. How about the big man in the middle, Nicholas Claxton? Gave you 12.2, 10.9. Uh, Nicholas Claxton, that is one of the better defensive presence in the NBA. But a Nicholas Claxton, folks, let's be honest, in his first year, well, I would say second year of starting, has kind of regressed, folks. His 12.2 uh, points per game is less than last year. His 62.5% is less than last year. Free throw percentage is only at 57%. Up in rebounds, down in blocks. Nicholas Claxton 
has got to be better. But when you look at this Brooklyn Nets team, folks, my thing that you've always heard me say on the network is you're either winning or you're rebuilding. And the Nets have found themselves in what they call Chicago Bull territory. They're stuck in the middle. So now that you have got rid of, obviously, Kenny Atkinson when you got the big three, you got rid of Steve Nash while the big three was there. You brought in Jacques Vaughn, and now you're at Kevin Alley. Where are we as a franchise in Brooklyn? This is something that the fan base has got to think about here. A roster, folks, that doesn't have a ton of older players. I think Dennis Schroeder is the oldest player on the team, and he is 30 years old, along with Dorian Finney-Smith. you got to think about this, folks. You have to decide, is Mikel Bridges going to be your cornerstone player? Because I'm sorry, folks, it's not going to be Ben Simmons at $38 million. If you don't think Mikel Bridges is your cornerstone player, and you think you are years, not year, years away from competing, I think you try to trade Mikel Bridges. I think he's someone that is a 3-and-D guy who could score, and his game is elevated since leaving Phoenix, even though his game has maybe regressed a little bit from last year. As a number two option, Mikel Bridges can fetch you, I would say, at least three first-round draft picks. If you're not going to contend with Mikel Bridges, do him right, trade him, do a full rebuild. But when I say full rebuild, that means you got to get rid of Sean Marks. The guy's got enough chances they got to go bring a new basketball guy in, and they got to bring a new head coach with a young philosophy. Something tells me that this is going to start to be the end of Sean Marks' tenure here with the Brooklyn Nets. Let's move on to one of the great stories of not just women's basketball or women's sports, all of team sports, and that has been a meteoric rise of Caitlin Clark. Caitlin Clark, who broke Kelsey Plum's scoring record over the weekend, and a Caitlin Clark who has, I would say, has become the face of women's sports. Ready? I think about what I just said here. Right? When you get you think about someone like a like a Simone Biles and what she's done with gymnastics. I will say that Caitlin Clark is the face of women's sports today. A Caitlin Clark, folks, that's scoring 32.8 points per game, 6.9 rebounds. And here's the big thing, folks, 8.5 assists. I want I want people to let this marinate something for this player, reigning player of the year, going to win it again. Reigning Naismith player of the year, going to win it again. AP, 2023 player of the year, going to win it again. Two-time NCAA All-Region, going to get there again. So I want people to understand the greatness of Caitlin Clark. Okay? This kid in her three years of co- in four years of college has gone for, has scored 26.6, 27, 27.8, 32.8 points per game. She's gotten at least 5.9 rebounds in every season of her college career. She's gotten you at least seven assists in every season of her college career. She has shot the ball. Now, her sophomore year was a little rough at 33.2%, but the other three years have shot the ball at least 38% from three. She has shot 84% for the following better every single year, and what she has done for women's sports 
has been fantastic and is a reason why last year's NCAA tournament was the most watched women's basketball tournament of all time. And when you think about, about Caitlin Clark, I, I think about like generational women's basketball players, right? Nancy Lieberman Klein, Cheryl Miller, Cheryl Swoops. This will throw people off a little bit because she didn't have the WNBA career. Rebecca Lobo. Remember, Rebecca Lobo was part of that 92 Olympic team, 96, I'm sorry, Olympic team, and was one of the faces of when the WNBA started. Folks, I don't know. I would say that Caitlin Clark's popularity, maybe it's because of social media, is more than any of those players. Now, I'm not going to crown her or put her on Mount Rushmore yet, but I would say this. When Caitlin Clark is playing basketball, I will watch her play over watching any men's game because of her passion, because of her fire, because of the fact that this kid from Des Moines, Iowa, stayed home to build up her home state. Folks, let me tell you something. Iowa's rich in basketball tradition. You may not notice, but they are rich in basketball tradition as producing players in the Midwest. That lady sells out every game. Fran McCaffrey can't sell out the men's game. She sells out the women's game. Day in, day out. And it's amazing, folks, that I want you to re realize this. 2021, folks. Ready? Caitlin Clark can come back for a fifth year. Remember, with the COVID year of 2021, there was no NCAA tournament. So every basketball player got a fifth year of eligibility. So Caitlin Clark technically could come back next year and shatter. I mean, she's already got the record now. She could run so far away from that record that no one will be able to touch it. Shout out to Caitlin Clark and the phenomenal play of what she has done for Iowa basketball, what she's done for women's basketball, what she's done for basketball as a whole. And I will say this. We just saw it over the weekend. Sabrina Inescu versus Steph Curry, three-point shootout. I am proposing this. I want next year, and other people have talked about it early also today. I want four people. I want Steph Curry. I want... Damian Lillard, who's a two-time defending three-point champion. I want Sabrina Nescu, and I want Caitlin Clark in a 2v2 three-point shooting contest. And I'll tell you right now, I went with Sabrina on Saturday. I missed out. If you give me Caitlin Clark and Sabrina Nescu, I'm taking them to beat Steph Curry and Damian Lillard in next year's All-Star game. Lord knows they got to do something with the also game because that was an absolute train wreck, except for the three-point contest between Sabrina and Steph. Let's move on to another phenomenal player, and that's Paige Beckers. I was lucky enough that when I was coaching at Monmouth, I got to go watch Paige play AAU. If I'm not mistaken, I think she played for – I want to say the Minnesota Metro Stars. Folks, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Uh, but Paige Beckers, 
I remember seeing this girl play AU going into, I think, her junior and senior year and just being blown away by her incredible talent. A Paige Beckers that's getting you 20 points per game, 4.6 rebounds, 4 assists per game. A Paige Beckers that is a one-time Wooden Award winner, one-time National Player of the Year, AP Player of the Year at 2021. Folks, that was her freshman year when she took UConn to the National Championship game, giving you 20 points per game. But Paige has battled injuries. Her sophomore year, 21-22, was cut short to a knee injury. Then she tore her ACL and missed all of 22-23. And now Paige is back. And what did Paige do on senior night? She announced that she is going to return for her senior season. I'll tell you what. Is it, boy, is anybody happier right now than Gino Oriyama? Gino Oriyama, I would say, the second greatest women's basketball coach of all time. I'm sorry, Gino. I'm still putting Pat Summit over you. But, Gino, you know and I know that is no disrespect for what you have done for women's basketball. But when you look at this team in UConn, this team UConn has battled with injuries, right? You got to look at the fact that AZ Fudd tore her ACL again, only played in two games uh, this year. You got to look at a girl like Caroline Deshame, who's been out for back problems for most of the year. So you got to look at this, folks. You get Paige coming back, right? You get Fudd coming back. You get Shame Charm coming back. You have obviously uh, Ice. You got Bentoncourt coming back as a sophomore. You got DeBarry coming back. Damn it, get her some more playing time. Amari DeBarry, right? And then you have obviously Aaliyah Edwards, who probably can go pro, but because of COVID, could also come back next year. But with Paige, back, with Paige coming back, AZ healthy, I think UConn will put themselves right in position, if they stay healthy, for a national championship. And I will say this, folks, and I've been – people are not going to like what I say here. And this is – I want people to understand what I'm saying before I say this. This is no disrespect for Caitlin Clark. If both of them are healthy, and I am a WNBA executive – I'm taking Paige Beckers over Caitlin Clark. No disrespect to Caitlin. I, 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 I almost could say you can't go wrong. 1A, 1B. I'm just taking Paige a, a tiny bit ahead of Caitlin Clark. But I can understand people taking Caitlin Clark because of Paige's injury history. I'm telling you, when Paige is right and Paige is healthy, Go look at her freshman year when she dropped 20 points per game. It took UK 20 points per game as a freshman at UConn. And she took him to a national championship game. Paige Beckers is absolutely fantastic. And the people in stores are so happy, so happy that she's coming back next year and to play for the Huskies. Let's end today's podcast with something that I like doing. And that's all-time lineups. So to me, when I we were going to talk about it, then we made some changes, right? So now we're going to get to it. 
for a team right now that is sitting in first place in the Western Conference, let's start with my bench, my backups, my bench all time for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And let's lead off with the players that I have listed. Tom Gugliotta, Jimmy Butler, Terrell Brandon, Sam I Am, Sam Cassell, and Ant-Man, Anthony Edwards. And let's start with Tom Gugliotta, a guy they call Googs. This is cool because Juliana, my daughter, her nickname is Googs, but not not because of Tom Gugliotta, but, you know, anyway, it's not important. Tom Gugliotta, one-time All-Star, 1992-93 Rookie of the Year. Tom Gugliotta, who scored at 18.2 points per game, 8.5 rebounds per game, 3.8 assists per game, really one of the more underrated players in the early to mid-90s, a really, really good, solid pro Tom Gugliotta was for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Let's move on to Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy Butler. Now, for his career, folks, I want to make sure this is not this is not just for Minnesota. For his career, six-time NBA All-Star, five-time All-NBA, 24-2015 most improved, currently playing for Miami Heat, 22 points per game, 5.3 rebounds, two steals per game. And this is a Jimmy Butler that was part of that young core with Carl Anthony Towns that had to leave because he didn't like the maturity. He left the guy that he loved more than anybody as a coach, Tom Thibodeau. Think about the fact that two of the, two of the coaches that he's had for his career, Tom Thibodeau and Eric Spolstra. What a, what a lucky career Jimmy Butler is. Jimmy Butler currently playing for Miami on leave right now because he has a death in the family. Prayers goes out to Jimmy Butler and his family. Jimmy, the NBA needs you to come back, and we know when you come back, that Miami Heat team is going to be extremely dangerous come playoff time. Let's move on to one of the more underrated guards in the league, and that's Terrell Brandon, two-time All-Star, 15.6 points per game, 8.3 rebounds, 1.9 steals per game. People talk about Terrell Brandon who played for the Cleveland Cavaliers. A really efficient point guard, underrated scorer, really good passer, Good defender, Terrell Brandon, a really underrated pro that a lot of people don't talk about. That had a great career and had a two-time All-Star with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Next up, Sam I Am. Man, I, I as a Knicks fan, I hated Cassell. You know what I, you know why I hated Sam Cassell? One-time All-Star, three-time NBA champion, one-time All-NBA, 17.2 points per game, 6.9 assists per game, 3.1 rebounds per game. As because Sam I Am. Hit some big shots versus the Knicks when he was with the Rockets in 94. And I just thought that when Jordan left in 93, I swore that was the next year. But Olajuwon, I'll play Ewing a little bit. John Starks, terrible in Game 7. But the play of people like Sam Cassell, who went on to have a really good career, uh, most notably uh, besides with Houston, being with the Minnesota Timberwolves. And last... I'm going with Ant-Man. Now, you're going to say to me, well, Ant-Man could definitely be in the starting lineup here. And I, and I get you. To me, this is more about Ant hasn't been there long enough. Although the guy I'm going to put in the starting lineup, you're going to be like, well, he hasn't been there long either. Ant Edwards, two-time All-Star, 
22.7 points per game, 5.1 rebounds per game, 4.1 assists per game. Someone that I had talked about on this podcast and Anthony Edwards as one of the 10 best players in the NBA. Anthony Edwards, a guy that I think is going to be in the MVP conversation for years to come. And Anthony Edwards, folks, that has really elevated his game defensively to go along with his scoring acumen. Anthony Edwards, one of the best pure one-on-one players in the NBA and the last member of my bench. Without further ado, here's my starting lineup for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Shout out to my guy, EJ, man. Let me, let me EJ get the graphics done, boy. Shout out to EJ and Matty George for that great idea for getting that little stinger. I will be using those stingers as we go on and talk about the rest of these all-time starting lines. But let me give you my starting lineup. A little controversial, and maybe I got the positions a little bit wrong, but you get where I'm going. At the point guard, it should be Stephon Marbury, a.k.a. Starberry. Two guard, Isaiah J.R. Ryder. And then I went... Power forward, power forward, power forward. And my big lineup. And that's Kevin Love, Carl Anthony Towns, and of course, the big ticket, Kevin Garnett. And let's start off with Starberry, Stefan Marbury, who I've had the pleasure of playing against Starberry back in the day, in, in the AU days of uh, Starberry playing for the Gauchos. I played for a team called uh, a BY, Bayshore. We were a local team. We used to have some 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 wars with those guys. And, and shout out to my old teammate, uh, Jeff Billet, a great player at, at Rutgers, now the head coach at Christian Brother Academy. Starberry and Jeff used to have some absolute wars when they played against each other. But Stefan Marbury, uh, around 17 points per game, 8.3 assists, 1.2 steals per game. Two-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA, All-Rookie team in 1996-1997 after his freshman year playing at Georgia Tech. And with with Starberry, folks, I think his career gets kind of like, he doesn't get the respect he deserves uh, because of some of the things he said and some of the things he did and how he didn't win enough. But let me tell you something. Right there with the big ticket. When, put that graphic up, uh, Maddie, if you don't mind. And, of course, I think also there uh, with uh, Malik Seeley. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Malik Seeley, who we lost way too soon, uh, was a close, close friend of both Stefan Marbury and Kevin Garnett. Uh, rest in peace to, to Malik Seeley. Uh, but Stefan Marbury, uh, a, a fantastic player uh, when he first came into the league with Minnesota. Let's move on to Isaiah J.R. Ryder, 2001 NBA champion, 1993-94 all-rookie team, 18.8 points per game, 3.8 rebounds per game, but 36% from three. Isaiah Ryder came out of UNLV, was a high-flying guard. There he is with KG right there. Could get up. I think I am mistaken, won the slam dunk contest one year. A phenomenal player, a phenomenal scorer, uh, a guy that really didn't have a long career, but his, his career when he was with Minnesota was very good. You could argue other guys. You could argue, like I said, Terrell Brandon. You could argue other players there. But right there, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put Isaiah J.R. Ryder as my two guard. Power forward number one, Kevin Love. 
five-time All-Star, 2016 NBA champion, two-time All-NBA, most improved 2010-2011. Currently playing for Cleveland. Gotcha, 19.2 points per game, 12.2 rebounds, 45.1% of field goals for Florida. Kevin Love, I really was uh, a... It is prime with Minnesota. It was one of the premier stretch fours in the NBA. One of the best rebounding bigs in the NBA. And nobody could start a fast break with a rebound outlet better than Kevin Love. Kevin Love, who's had a great career, has gone on to play other spots, stops. Miami, obviously Cleveland now. Uh, Kevin Love, an all-time great player and a member of my starting five for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Power forward number two. I'm going to go with Cat. And Cat... Uh, uh, was a four-time, uh, is a four-time NBA All-Star, two-time NBA champion, rookie of the year, currently playing for Minnesota Timberwolves with a scoring average of 23 points per game, 10.9, you know, uh, 10.9 rebounds per game, 52.5 for another guy that's really become, I will say this, maybe the best shooting big in, of all time, I will say about Carl uh, Anthony Towns, who just dropped 50 points in All Star game, but I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Cat, that that game ain't, ain't got no damn defense, so I really can't give you much props for it. But Carl Anthony Towns, four-time NBA uh, All Star. Lastly, the greatest player in the history of the Minnesota Timberwolves, and someone I got on my head a long time ago when I was a kid, and that's the big ticket, Kevin Garnett, 15-time All Star. 2008 NBA champion, former MVP, former Defensive Player of the Year, 12-time All-Defensive Team, nine-time NBA, averaged 19.8, 11-point rebounds per game. The big ticket was a force. Uh, And to me, one of the, 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 the big problems I had, not so much with, with KG is, he was never able to be paired long enough with the proper player all-star. He he had he had it with Marbury. They didn't play long enough together. A guy that I wanted that I was thinking about putting in on his list, Randy Foy, was a great player at Villanova, went to Minnesota. He didn't play there long enough to play with KG. But shout out to the big ticket, the greatest player of the Minnesota Timberwolves team. Really quick to go back to my bench once again. Tom Gugliotta, Jimmy Butler, Terrell Brandon, Sam Cassell, Anthony Edwards. A starting five of J.R. Ryder, Isaiah J.R. Ryder, I should say, Stephon Marbury, Kevin Love, Carl Anthony Towns, and Kevin Garnett. This has been your Betting Above the Rim podcast for February 19th. For all things basketball and every other sport that you gamble on or don't gamble on, Download that Sports Grid app. Everything you need for pregame, in-game, post-game, props, predictions, and more from the very best in the sports handicapping business and the home of my college basketball scouting report. We'll be back with episode number 31 on Wednesday. We'll get into and we'll reset the NBA season. We'll look at some win totals. Who I like coming in the East and the West. For EJ for setting up that that starting lineup graphic, for Maddie George for doing what he does is producing this podcast every week day and doing a great job. To Vinny for the B rolls. This has been Coach Young. I'll be back with you for another betting about the room podcast 
on Wednesday. Remember, folks, it's smarter to be on sports grid. Good night. Building a stronger financial foundation? Good plan. Northwestern Mutual's Guide to Good Financial Planning can help you balance spending and saving, set goals, and start creating the life you want to be living. You'll learn how the tools in your financial plan reinforce each other to help you minimize taxes and offset potential risks. Grow your confidence by strengthening your finances today at northwesternmutual.com slash good plan. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet with faster speeds rolling out every day and internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. So while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed.